You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Madrid, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. Why don't you stretch your hands? Let's 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 pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. We appreciate you for what you're doing in our lives, in our hearts, in our midst, in our homes, in oh Father, through our lives as well. We thank you. As your word comes, thank you, Lord. I receive utterance. Lord God, I ask that you'll speak to your people. Anoint these lips of clay. Thank you, Lord. May we be changed. May we be transformed. by your. May we not just be challenged. May we be changed. May we be transformed. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've been talking about, we've been doing a series, God's Combined Harvester. You know, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Yeah? And remember, we were talking about a combined harvester. It's a multifunctional machine that is used in agriculture. And it is used to, to harvest crops. There are different types of crops, over 80 different types of crops. This, this, combined, this machine can harvest them. And, and, and we're likening that to the Holy Spirit. Uh, even in our, in our day and in our time, He has the ability to, to, um, to use many different methods to bring in the harvest. To bring in the harvest... We had outreach yesterday, and uh, there were some interesting stories. <laughs> there were some interesting stories of, of the different ways that people got saved. Some got saved, some, you know, uh, are on their way. But one thing I can say is this. When you, take, when you share the word with someone, all right, I want you to know that you are not the one saving the people. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so when you speak, when you speak and you, you leave, it, it is not the end. Don't think that it ends with the conversation you had. <laughs> it doesn't end with your conversation. Your conversation opens that person. Your conversation opens that person to the Holy Spirit. And so when that person goes away, the Holy Spirit continues to work in the life of that person. The Holy Spirit continues to work. So God has got a sophisticated way. If man can sit down and develop a combined harvester, right? Think about God. Think about God. God also has his own ways of reaching people. But we are part of God's program. Somebody once said, well, you know, um, God knows those who are going to be saved. Those who are destined for salvation will be saved without your help. Interesting. Interesting. And so there was, years ago, there was a, a, there was a theological strain that brought about a certain teaching that actually limited the Great Commission to an extent. Okay? It limited the Great Commission to an extent that, look, it doesn't matter. God knows there are those who are predestined for salvation. And they are those who are destined for perdition. Can you imagine that? And so if you don't, even if you go and speak to them, it doesn't really matter because God knows those who are supposed to be saved. And so I remember reading and studying about William Carey, who is the father of modern missions, right? 
When this guy came and wanted to go to India as a missionary, they, they, they fought him. They said, God knows those people who are going to be saved. You don't leave God alone. <laughs> Can you imagine the danger of religion? And so, but the guy continued, he moved with the, my goodness, did he, God really used him in India to bring in a harvest and to impact that nation significantly. Go study history, you'll see it there. So, um, but today, let's look at our text from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Says then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. He was looking and he said, oh my goodness. I remember years ago, a friend of mine, you know, we, we used to pray together and then we used to go out, evangelize and so on. But this guy has a calling of an evangelist. And so there's a way he used to respond to people that I just couldn't understand. So one time we were standing by the bus stop, and this is in Lagos where you have a sea of people. Okay, when you, you know, here in Joburg you have traffic of cars, in Lagos you have traffic of people. So when you are walking, you have to be careful, you know, not to step on someone. Yeah. So we're standing by the bus stop there. And this guy, we're standing talking, and he's looking, and then I see tears coming down his eyes, his, his cheeks. And, and I'm like, what's wrong? No, his name is God's power. So I said, God's power, what's wrong? <laughs> and he says, look at all these people. How many of them are born again? He said... If they die now, they go to hell. We need to do something. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but you see, he looked and I believe he could see just like Jesus saw here. He was with his disciples. And he looks and he's, he says, he's moved with compassion. He saw them as sheep without Shepherd, they were weary and scattered. And he was moved with compassion. Compassion is something that gets you to do something. You can't say, I have compassion and say, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. Compassion is not like that. Compassion moves you to action. It moves you to do something about the situation. So he is moved with compassion. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. So when we look at the ratio of the harvest versus the laborers, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. How can we harvest this city? How can we bring in all that God wants to bring in? So Jesus is looking and he sees them scattered all over the place. And he can see their eternal state if they don't come into faith. But then he has been preaching and teaching. He's been going all over the place, preaching and teaching. Huh? 
He's been teaching in their villages, preaching and declaring the gospel of the kingdom. He's going everywhere, preaching and healing the sick and so on. Performing miracles. And after that, he's probably exhausted and he looks and says, I have done so much and yet, look, there's still so much. There's still so much to do. There's still, there are still so many people to heal. There are still so many people to get saved. There are still so many people to share the gospel with. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. So what do we do? How do we solve this problem? Pray. First step, he said, let us pray. He says, therefore pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So the Father is the Lord of the harvest. Jesus says, let us pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers into his harvest. Right? I said to you, um, that the word send is ekbalo. Come on, somebody say ekbalo. ekbalo. Yeah, to ekbalo you means to compel you, to push you out, to force you out, force you out of your comfort zone, get you out into action. Many of us are too comfortable to obey God. Many of us are too blessed to think about our neighbor. It's a sad case. Come on. Just look straight. Nobody will know. Yeah. You know? You know, in Midran, everybody is just so, you know. You know how, the, how it is. You know how we do it in Midran, right? Just, Yeah. Talk to somebody about Jesus? No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit will do it. He's a combined harvester. He'll do it. I just mind my business. I mind my business. God will mind his business. Really? Yeah. So let's get that out of our minds. Let's get that mentality out of our minds. Amen. So Jesus says, he, he, he says to them, let's pray. And then the next thing we see in chapter 10 verse 1 is that, then he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So he says, let us pray. And then as we pray, you are part of the answer to the prayer. So immediately he calls them and then he Gives them power. Why? You are part of the solution to the lack of laborers. Do you get my point? Yeah. So as, as he says, let us pray, they don't just pray and then walk away and go about their normal business as usual. No. They pray and after they pray, he says, okay, guys, come. Now. It's time. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to give you power now. I'll give you authority. And you are now going to cast out demons. In other words, what I'm carrying, what you saw me do in the towns, in the cities, in the villages, now I'm calling you to empower you to go and do the same. So I want to multiply myself now to solve the problem of the lack of laborers. Are you ready to be part of the solution? Amen. The harvest is great. The laborers are few. Okay? The song says, we will go. Amen. Huh? Great is your harvest. Laborers are few. Hallelujah. Amen. But we are going to go. Amen. I will go. I will go. Wherever you are, God has positioned you as part of his technology for bringing in the harvest. 
Okay? So, in other words, if you are in ESCOM, all right, you are part of God's harvest mechanism from ESCOM. If you are in Nordvig, which is a part of Midran, God has ordained you to be part of his harvest mechanism for Nordvig. If you are in Santon, God has ordained you to be part of his harvest mechanism. The Holy Spirit is the one that is supervising and he is in charge of all of this. But I want you to see that God does not, he does not, there are many ways that God works to bring in the harvest. Many, many ways. There's no one single method that God uses. He uses many methods. But let me show you a few things. Let's look at John, St. John's Gospel. Keep your finger here. Maybe we'll come back if it's time. John chapter, chapter 1. In, in John, verse 29, okay? The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay? And then he says, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him. But that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I came baptizing with water. Alright? Now, this is his cousin. Remember that. John the Baptist is his cousin, right? But what is he saying? Why is he saying, I did not know him? Is it that he did not know Jesus? Well, he knew him as a good cousin. But he didn't know him as the Lamb of God. Do you understand me? He didn't know him as the Lamb of God. He just knew, this is my cousin. He's always, he's so perfect. He never makes mistakes. He has never told a lie. Even, even as kids, when we tell, you know, do all these things, he, he was just perfect. That's what he knew about him, but he didn't know that this is the Lamb of God. Okay? So he says, I did not know him. Otherwise, he'll be lying if he's saying, I did not know him. Meanwhile, it's his cousin. And it's not as if he was in another country, and, you know, and then now he's in No. They grew up in the same. You know. Yeah. So, so he says... Um, he says, let's, verse 32, then, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a eating again. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So, John the Baptist saw the Holy Spirit come down on Jesus because God had already told John the Baptist that when you see, this is how you are going to know. You, you are going to know who the Messiah is. Okay? You go carry out your ministry. Continue to baptize people with water. Continue to baptize them with water. But there is another one that is coming that is going to be baptizing them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yours is with water. This water is water for repentance. You are preparing the way for this one. You are preparing the way for the Messiah. So this is how you are going to know the Messiah. Because he is already there. But this is how you are going to know him. He didn't know he's his cousin. He didn't know he's his cousin. He said this is how you are going to know him. When you see the Holy Spirit descend. Whoever it is the Holy Spirit descends on. 
and rest upon. This is God's combined harvester, I'm telling you. When the Holy Spirit descends and rests upon him, he says, that is the one. So John the Baptist is going around, he's preaching and he's baptizing people. People are coming, you know, and, and all of that. But he doesn't know that the reason for which he was born was his cousin. <laughs> but so because he saw this happen, he saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus and rest on him in Jordan when he baptized him. It's coming towards him. And then look at the verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, looking at Jesus as he walked. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Jesus, Jesus is just quiet. You know, he's, he hasn't started, he hasn't preached, he hasn't said a word to anybody. But John, you know, introduces Jesus and announces that this is the Lamb of God. Then two disciples, two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. So two of John's disciples, John had his own disciples. Jesus at this time had no disciples, okay? Jesus was being, he was being prepared by the Father for 30 years. He was preparing for, the, for his ministry, and he's about to begin. He's about to begin. John the Baptist Meanwhile, has had his ministry and he is about to end. <laughs> okay, he's about to end and Jesus is about to begin. So, John the Baptist has some disciples. They're disciples who follow John the Baptist. And, and so two of his disciples followed Jesus. The moment he said, behold the Lamb of God. They said, oh, wow. They said, why do we continue with you? <laughs> this is the main person you've been telling us about. John, I mean, John has been preparing them for Jesus. He has been preparing them for Jesus. And it wasn't, it wasn't an offense for, for, for John to say, uh, me, me, so are you guys leaving me? No, no. That's what he was preparing them for. He was preparing them for Jesus. So now he says, um, Behold the Lamb of God. And then two of his disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them, following him, said to them, What do you seek? And they, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. So it was about 10 in the morning when this happened. And then they spent the day with Jesus. They spent the day with Jesus, okay? And one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So now I want you to see how God orchestrates things and how the Holy Spirit is at work here. John, first of all, God is the one that... Help John to see who, who the Messiah is, who the Lamb of God is, right? So John makes that statement. The Holy Spirit moves on the heart of those disciples and say, hey, you need to follow him, okay? So they follow him. <laughs> they follow him. And, and um, so this is Andrew. It says two of his disciples, two of the disciples of John. So probably... Probably the other, disciple, the other disciple was John. We don't know. But we know that Andrew, um, Andrew is the one that said, where am I again? Um, verse, verse 40. Okay. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So you see, you see, John speaks. Okay? John speaks. The Holy Spirit uses what John says to, to bring people to Jesus. 
Okay? And Andrew, instead of, he spends the day with Jesus. He spends the day with Jesus and he has an experience. He goes to Simon, his brother, and says, we have found him. Hallelujah. We have found him. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. So God is working. He's working. Using different methods. First of all, he used John the Baptist's testimony. Okay? He used the testimony of John the Baptist to bring people. To bring those two disciples. Same way he can use your testimony. He can use your testimony of Jesus to bring somebody to Jesus. Come on. Tell a story. That's right. Do you have a testimony? Have you experienced Jesus? Do you have a testimony about Jesus? Then use it. Use it. Okay? So the testimony of John was that this is the Lamb of God. Okay? Andrew and the other disciple heard it and then they followed. Then Andrew, after spending hours that day with Jesus, goes to his brother. Somebody say, use your relationships. Hallelujah. Yeah, so use your testimony, but not just your testimony, use your relationships as well. Your testimony is part of the harvest tool that God will use. But your relationships as well. So, Andrew goes and he speaks to his brother. He brought him to Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him... (laughs) Jesus says, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. He brings uh, his brother, Simon, to Jesus. The moment Jesus sees him, he doesn't even need an introduction. By word of knowledge, Jesus says, you are. You are Simon, the son of Jonah. Now, you are going to be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. My goodness. So use the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody say, use the gift of the Spirit. Use the gift of the Spirit as well. Use the gift of the Spirit to bring in the harvest. Yeah. I am telling you, the moment Jesus said that, who? I, I mean, those guys... That's it. They're hooked. Once you experience Jesus, what is better than Jesus? What, what's out there that is better than Jesus? Nothing. <laughs> I was listening to a testimony of this guy. He used to be a, he used to be a drug lord, right? He had, he had a plantation of uh, um, whatever in Colombia. So he had, I mean, he was... He had the, an industry of, <laughs> of drugs, right? And uh, long story short, anyway, the guy got saved. He gets saved. And when he receives, when he receives the Holy Spirit, I mean, he felt he was, so, he was so high. He says, this is better than cocaine. I don't, you know, that's his testimony. He said, this is better than cocaine. So people that are going into drugs and all those things, do you know what? They don't know. There is what they are looking for. There is a high that Jesus side effects. Yeah. So he tasted Jesus. When he tasted Jesus, he says, ooh, 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 ooh. No, 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 no. I'm not going back to that stuff anymore. And that was the end. He never sniffed cocaine anymore. 
and started going around talking to his friends and saying, listen guys, there is something better. There is something better. And that is Jesus. So he used these relationships to now bring in the harvest. And now the, the, the harvest has become a church. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a testimony. Then look at verse 43. He says, The following day Jesus went to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. <laughs> Another method. He didn't, he didn't preach. Follow me. Powerful. You, you ought to be telling people, follow me. Yeah, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. I'm going to church, follow me. Come on. I'm going to church, follow me. Yeah, I dare you. I dare you to tell someone to follow you. Yeah, follow me. Follow me to Jesus. Follow me to church. I'm going to church. Follow me. I'm coming to pick you up in the morning. I'll pick you up. Oh, I don't have transport. No, no, don't worry about transport. I'm coming for you. Come on. You should have people following you. You know, it's, it's, it's John Maxwell that said, if you say you are a leader and no one is following you, you are just taking a walk. I love that statement. <laughs> you're, just on a, you're just taking a walk. Because leaders have followers. And we are all called to lead. We are all called to lead. So who are you leading? Or are you, are you just following <laughs> other things? <laughs> Every, do you know that everybody is a follower, but it depends on what you are following or who you are following. Some people follow trends. Some people follow fashion. Some people follow, you know, their soccer stars. Some people follow, you know, some people follow Orlando Pirates. They, I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> I know Chiefs was beaten... Um, but we shall rise again. The righteous fall seven times and rise again. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming for you. Sundowns. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is following something. So it, there are some people, they just follow trends. Like if everybody puts earrings, the whole ear is full of earrings. Then they start doing it. What are they doing? They, they are following. They are not leading. They are following. Be careful who you follow. Do you understand? You, why can't you be the one to tell people to follow you? Why do you have to follow them? When you don't even know where they are going. Huh? Come on. Oh, well, this looks cool. Who told you it's cool? So many holes in your ear. I don't know how it would be when you get older. Yeah. <laughs> you think you'll be young forever? Okay, just watch. <laughs> with time you'll be see, like I saw one guy you know he had so many tattoos and now he's regretting because now in his old age the tattoos look ugly they don't look as cool anymore but there are too many too many everywhere head to toe what is that it was, it was following somebody <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, be careful who you follow. <laughs> the fact that everybody 
is going that direction does not mean it's your destination. <laughs> ah, come on. Yeah. You just, you go to the airport and you see everybody is going to, to a particular direction and you want to go with them. Meanwhile, your ticket is to Cape Town. These other people are going to Harare. But you are just following. Come on. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you are smarter than that. <laughs> you are smarter than that. Come on. Give yourself some credit, man. You can do better. Amen. So when I see things, I don't just do things because everybody says it's cool. No, I decide. I, I use my mind. Process it. Ask questions. Where is this going? Where did it come from? Hallelujah. Is that my destination? If I were you, I would stop following popular opinions. Stop it. It's not good for you. Majority is not the voice of God. Hmm? Some people say, the voice of the people is the voice of God. Where is it written? Where? Where? You know that in, in, in when the Israelites were going to, where they were in the wilderness, majority said, let us go back to Egypt. That was the majority. If they took a vote, if God had allowed them to practice democracy there, they would all be back in Egypt begging Pharaoh for forgiveness. Anyway, Pharaoh was dead. The next, the next Pharaoh. They would say, look, honestly, we had issues with the last Pharaoh. You are an angel. We are ready to serve you. For the rest of our lives. We, I, I, we don't know what entered the head of this Moses. It was Moses that took us out. We were not. We didn't want to go. So we have come. That's, that's how popular opinion. That's how it is. So bring it down to today. And when you go to, when you go to wherever... And everybody is saying something. You better think before you embrace it. And I don't care how loud it is. Think before you embrace anything. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Because you are called to lead. You should lead people to Jesus. You should be leading people to Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. He said to Philip, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Can, can you see what is, can you see how the Holy Spirit is orchestrating things? First, he started, John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God. Then two of his disciples followed. Those ones. Andrew spends time with Jesus and says, no, this is truly the big deal. I mean, I've spent all these years with John the Baptist, but this one, this is, the, this is the real deal. He goes to Peter, his brother, and says, we found him. It's the Holy Spirit that is orchestrating. And I'm going to, I want you to pray and believe God. All right, I'm praying and believing God that he will use us in ways that we didn't even imagine. Hallelujah. As part of his harvest team. Hallelujah. <laughs> to bring in the harvest in our unique ways. But we have to be available and open. And allow ourselves to be used. Yeah. We need to allow ourselves to be used. So Philip goes and then he finds Nathaniel and he tells Nathaniel. And look at what Nathaniel said. Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. Hallelujah. I, you should be telling people, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. He says, come and see. 
You should be going all over Midland telling people, come and see, come and see, come and see. Yeah, come and see. Yes. Like yesterday, she said, Noni was going there. Come and see. Hallelujah. And all the others who were there, come and see, come and see. They went out on outreach saying, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Hallelujah. So your words are part of what God will use. It's, I'm telling you, God can just use your come and see and bring in the harvest. God's combined harvester is more sophisticated than any harvester that human beings have created. And the way it works is so incredible. So, you just use your words. Come and see. Yes? And Nathaniel follows him. Alright? Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said to him, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Whoo! Somebody say word of knowledge. Or let's make it cool. Say word of K. Hallelujah. Say word of K. Yes. So Jesus uses word of K. Somebody saying, what, what is word of K? Knowledge is <laughs> the first alphabet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Of knowledge. Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus, I mean, he sees them coming. Now, he was not there. When Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't want to believe that Nathaniel didn't regard Nazareth. Could it be that he, with knowing the scriptures, he knows that the Messiah is not supposed to be born in Nazareth? I don't know. I'm just speculating. But... As he comes, Jesus says, Behold an Israelite in whom is no deceit. Let's read that in the Amplified. <laughs> Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said of him, Here is an Israelite indeed, a true descendant of Jacob, in whom there is no guile, no deceit. Or duplicity. He just discerned the character of this guy. As he came, as he walked. And Nathaniel was amazed. He was amazed. So God can use your words to bring in the harvest. He can use your relationships to bring in the harvest. Come on. Yeah. He can use your relationships to bring in the harvest. He can use your testimony to bring in the harvest. He can use your testimony to bring in the harvest. But then he can use the gifts of the Spirit also to bring in the harvest. So believe God to start using you in the gifts. Go and start giving a word of knowledge. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm just reminded of this guy. You know, this... <clears throat> This happened years ago in America. The guy's going to be with the Lord. But, you know, he, he goes to this car dealership. He's trying to buy a car, you know. And this guy is, uh, this guy is showing him different cars. He said, this car, this, this, this. And he would just say some things about the car and all of that. And, and later on, he asked the guy, well, what are you? He says, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a preacher. He says, now, this guy had, already, had been speaking against preachers. You know, and um, so when this guy says I'm a preacher, you know, he's like, oh, okay. Um, no, I'm sure, but you are not like those guys. <laughs> he says, I'm sure you are not like those guys, you know. Um, yeah, those guys, these guys, and, you know. And so as he was saying that, this man of God now says to him, you know, it's not good what you were saying to your wife yesterday. And <laughs> the previous day and said to him it's not good you know 
You shouldn't, you shouldn't be talking like that about men of God, you know. And the guy said, ah, okay, um, Reverend, as you know, I'm sure you already know that no car here is good for you. <laughs> he immediately, <laughs> you know, be, be, became truthful. Instantly. Yeah. He says, no, no, no. There's no car here that is good, good enough for you because, you know, this one has this problem. This one has this problem. This one has... <laughs> so I just remember that. I'm laughing. Jesus uses the gift of the Spirit to immediately um, speak about Nathaniel's character. Then Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you another one. Yeah. Yeah. Ha! I already saw you. I already saw you in the spirit. I saw you. Then Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, of course, who else can, you know, could have done, who could have, you know, seen him and spoken and articulated his character like that. And not only that, seeing him when he was under the tree before Philip met him. He knew, no, 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 no. This one, this is the big deal. This is the, this is it, this is it. And he says, you are the king of Israel. He started with John the Baptist. From the, the testimony of John the Baptist, night has spiraled down to, oh my goodness. The harvest is great. Amen. The laborers are few. Amen. Hallelujah. But you are part of his harvest. You know, you are part of his technology. You are part of his system of bringing in the harvest. Amen. Part of his system of bringing the harvest. He wants to bring in the harvest. It doesn't matter how many number of services we have. This place is not enough for the harvest. It's not enough. But are we going to make ourselves available for the harvest? So you see the different ways. Huh? His, in, 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 God used the testimony. God used a relationship. Come on. God used your words. Come and see. Different ways. And as you, as you read through the scriptures, you'll see different methods that, that Jesus used to get people. Let's, let's, let's go to... to to chapter 2, quickly. I think we'll round up here. I don't want to dwell too much on chapter 1. Because there's more there. But let's skip to chapter 2. You know, there was, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever, didn't get offended. She didn't get, you know, petty. No, no, no. She just says to those guys, whatever he says to you, just do it. Don't argue with him, whatever it is, no matter how it sounds. Okay? Just do it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, whatever he says to you, do it. Yeah, just do it. Nike got it right. Yeah, Nike got it right when they said, just do it. Just do it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. So, 
And she walks away. Then Jesus said to them, Oh my, I've skipped to verse 7. Yeah, let's go to verse 7 because my timekeeper is already. <laughs> okay. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw out, uh, draw some out now. Take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, you have kept the good wine until now. Hallelujah. Then look at verse 11. Come on. It says... This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Hallelujah. So you see here that another way, another method God used here was signs and wonders. Hallelujah. So he can use your testimony. He can use the testimony of others. Come on. He can use your relationships. He can use your words. He can use the gifts of the Spirit. But he can also use signs and words. God's combined harvester is in our midst. Hallelujah. And he wants to use you. Yeah. You might not... You might not be an evangelist, but it makes no difference. He can use you, whether you're an evangelist or not. You can be a shy person. He can use your shyness. Because no matter how shy you are, you have relationships, and he can use relationships. There's nothing. All you need to do is to place it into his hands. Place it into his hands and he will use it. He will use it. Glory to God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, Makasunda Bradabaha. Why don't you just begin to pray? Just tell the Lord, Lord, use me, use me. Here am I. Use me. Use me. Use me to bring in the harvest. Use me to bring in the harvest, oh God. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my Father. My Father. My Father. In the name of Jesus. We pray. We pray, oh God. That you will use us. Use us to bring in the harvest. Let your anointing. Use our testimony. Use our words, my God. Use our relationships. Oh God, use us to manifest your glory. Use us for signs, wonders, miracles to bring in for the sake of the harvest. Use our money to bring in the harvest. Use our everything to bring in the harvest. Lord, my God, use us. Use us, oh God. My Lord and my God. My solution. To the shortage of laborers. My God. We avail ourselves. Come on, avail yourself to him. Tell him, Lord, I want to be. I want to be. Yes. Part of the end time harvest. I want to be involved. Yes, use me to bring in. To bring in multitudes. Multitudes. Jesus. Use my career. Use my gifts. Use my experiences. Use my voice. Yes. Use my strengths. Use my skills. It's all for you. It's all for you. My Lord and my God. We give you praise. My Lord and my God. The many ways you want to, however you want to bring them in. I avail myself, I avail myself, I avail myself. Whether it is God, God tests Jesus at the door or whatever. Use everything that 
is available to me. I avail to you. And use it. Use it as part of your combined harvester to bring in the harvest. Mighty God, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray, I pray, oh Father, for your people. I pray, oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. For your hand. Father, you are the Lord of the harvest. Lay your hand upon your people and use them significantly. Significantly, oh Father, in their various spheres of influence. Lord, to bring in the harvest. Yes. Provision, Lord, for the work that you have called us to. Mighty God, mighty God. Starting with these ones. Lord God, the power to, to heal the sick. The power, oh God, to cast out devils. Let it flow through you in the name of Jesus. Power over unclean spirits in the name of Jesus. All for the harvest. It's all for the harvest. It's not to make you look good. It's not to make you look powerful. But it's for the harvest. It's for the harvest. Let it flow. Right now, let the heavens open. Let there be an outpouring. Jesus, baptize your people with fire this morning. Baptize your people with fire this morning. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Make everyone here, Lord God, an expert witness. Make everyone, oh God, an expert witness. Make everyone, oh God, part of your combined harvesting in the name of Jesus to bring in the harvest from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I call in the harvest through these ones. In the name of Jesus, let the gifts of the Spirit begin to manifest through them. Lord God, let your power begin to manifest through them. Anoint their hands. Anoint their words. Oh my God, in the name of Jesus, use it for the harvest. Use it for the harvest. In the name of Jesus, let your power, let your power begin to manifest through these ones. In the name of Jesus, my Lord and my God, they will lay hands and demons will flee. In the name of Jesus, through these ones, when they say, follow me, people will follow them. In the name of Jesus. When they say to someone, follow me, they will follow you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, raise leaders in this house. Raise leaders, oh Father, that will lead multitudes. That will lead multitudes, oh Father God, into freedom, into liberty, into salvation, into the faith. In the name of Jesus, that they will lead many into your kingdom. Anoint them, O oh God, afresh. Fresh oil upon them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we glorify you. We glorify you. We will go. Can you sing that song again? We will go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift up your hands to Him. My Lord. My Lord. Oh God, we commit. Oh Father, to go for you. We commit to go for you. We commit to go for you. Oh yes, we will go, oh God. We will go. Oh Father God, we will bring in the harvest. We will bring in multitudes. Multitudes from the cities, from the towns, from the villages, from the nations. We will bring them into the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, you have called us 
you have appointed us for this. You have appointed us for this. We say yes. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. Oh, my Lord and my God. We give you praise. Oh, we give you glory. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.